In this week's episode, we're joined by my great mate, Bill de Blasio, a digital entrepreneur based here in Melbourne. He's the mastermind behind 360 Activate and 360 South, two reputable firms that embody his vision of delivering cutting edge digital solutions. As the founder and managing director of 360 Activate, Bill has steered his firm towards becoming a notable name in the digital advertising domain, specializing in virtual reality, holographic displays, and augmented reality services. This venture reflects Bill's foresight in leveraging emerging technologies to create captivating brand experiences. Simultaneously, Bill holds the realm at 360 South, his original concept a full service digital agency that has become synonymous with innovative web design and branding solutions. Under his leadership since 2005, 360 South has grown into one-stop digital design hub, catering for a myriad of clients and their needs both locally and globally. Bill's entrepreneurial spirit and dedication to pushing the digital envelope has significantly contributed to his positioning in 360 Ventures as a go-to destination for businesses seeking to amplify their brand presence in a digital landscape. Through his ventures, Bill has continued to shape his digital advertising and marketing narrative, embodying a blend of creative and technical powers and a client-centric approach. I love today's conversation. Bill touched on his original plan to head to London for six months, seven years later, coming back and starting 360. He talks about working under Richard Branson and how he's always been at the leading edge of this technology. So sit back today, listen, and enjoy. Bill, welcome to the Cock and Bomb podcast, mate. Thank you for having me. Mate, I uh, I haven't got Tony on today, but, you know, he always loves to tell a story um, about sort of, you know, that migrant story of, of coming over and making it in Australia. And, and when we look at your last name, mate, you, you've sort of grown up with that Italian family. So I'm going to... I'm going to go right back to your childhood, mate. I, I want to hear about growing up around the water and, and sort of, you know, what made you tick as a young fella? Yeah, okay. So mum and dad were uh, well, 21 when they migrated over to Australia, uh, Italians from uh, the Abruzzi region of Italy. Yeah. Uh, and as they migrated over and, and, and moved into the area around sort of that Dandenong area, which were a lot of Italians around that time, uh, they then grew up and grew and started a family and, you know, sort of, because only young, they're only 21. Um, and they sort of created a beautiful family of three boys. Um, and dad's busy mom, household then. Busy household. <laughs> and, and, and dad and dad uh, and mum both worked because obviously as migrants, you know, you needed to generate a lot of money to, to, to buy a house and do all the things that a, that a good Italian family needed to do. And uh, from there, dad went and worked at, a, at General Motors Holden. Um, he came over with a degree, but he didn't use it because he didn't speak English. So he had to then go back to on the tools. And he worked his way up to become quite high in General Motors and moved over to Toyota and so forth. So that's a good story right there on its own. And he's a pillar in the Italian community at the moment. And yeah, and I know I know that you're involved with a lot of it as well with the Italian community. But, mate, how about you as a child? Um, and, and before we get – I've obviously introduced you already in, in what you do, but – was when you were a child, was there sort of always this inkling to marketing and branding and, you know, could you always tell a story as a youngster, I guess? Yes. So I've always been academically good um, or yeah. great, <laughs> but I always had an artistic angle and I've always been very artistic. So going through high school, I knew I wanted to be a designer and a photographer and it was playing that field. So I studied heavily in that area and um, got into uni and sort of smashed out that as a photography uh, video production. And back then, back then, the start of the internet, yeah. I was doing uh, sort of you know, digital design. Um, and from there, 
that passion was, you know, stayed with me. I, I decided I wanted to go and live in London and sort of, sort of see how that's going to go. Travelling, told mum I was going to go for six months and seven years later, I, uh, I come home. <laughs> And did you your mother wouldn't have liked that. Oh, she didn't like that at all. <laughs> uh, but, you know, over there, we just got given some really good opportunities and uh, sort of got a job with uh, V2 Records, which was the new version of Virgin Records working for Richard Branson. Yep. Which is where it really started to resonate for me as I loved it. Well, I loved what I was doing. I was, you know, photography and working in a marketing department, running um, artists, you know, sort of, their marketing, but also creating their websites and all their art through a team of, that we had there, which was great. So I was basically doing what I'm doing now, just working at yeah. every company. Uh, so how, many, how many were in the team at that point of view, like at that point in time, doing sort of that type of work? Oh, the team was like, it was like 35 people in the team. Um, yeah. There was this young Aussie kid who was in there just sort of bouncing in between. But that was a global place. That, that team worked for Virgin globally. Um, and and that would have been at the leading edge of technology back then. Leading edge, leading edge at that point. So we were building fantastic websites for artists around the world. Um, we were doing, you know, album covers. We were doing, you know, photography, video production, anything needed to get that off the ground. So um, that really, for me, made me realise I love what I'm doing. And at, yeah. at that point in time, I sort of, you know, to cut a long story short, and lots of travel and through Europe and around the world, um, I, you know, fast forward that to. Me starting um, 360 South. Whilst so, I'd actually registered it, um, I had been exposed to um, some technology called virtual tour photography back then. There's only a few um, of us that had been exposed to it from a company called IPEX, which was a leading. So those guys developed virtual tour photography for NASA. And so we were asked to go around and shoot and have a look and see what we could do with it. And so I took it to, I don't know, Good friend of mine who used it in the hospitality five star hotel area. Um, a few people ran off to real estate, and I ran off and did it in the music and television industries and tourism. Um, and so, after a while, you know, once again, fast forward, fast forward back to uh, Australia or forward to Australia. I, I come home and I took that technology, and I was um, the one who sort of started that whole industry here in Australia, virtual tours. Yeah, so 360, I'm guessing that's where the name comes from. That's the name comes from, 360 South. I was from the Southern Hemisphere. I was still living in London, so I wanted the 360 South. It was a bit of a, an angle on that. Um, and it was the start. It was me and my computer and my equipment. In yep. my dad's garage when I got back. Um, bought a house out in the peninsula um, and moved into that. And from there, I started to really push 360 South and... It turned from being, you know, creating what we call digital assets and photography and video and so forth. I started getting asked for websites, which I was, you know, completely across. And one turned to two and two turned to three. And now... From there. Yeah, from there. How did you go from, I guess, working from one of the largest brands in the world and and I guess having that security of, of always being at the leading edge and having a team around you to sort of... You know, going, look, I'm going to step back out of this. I'm going to run this myself and I'm heading back to Australia to sort of bring that to the Australian market. Like that must have been a really difficult decision to make. It was, but I, and I realized working for V2 and under Richard Branson and had a lot of exposure with him as well, that he was the type of boss I wanted to be. I loved and yeah. I learned a lot from him. Um, the way he, he just, the, the benefits of working in the Virgin Group that you, you would get. From you know, phones to rail passes to just you know really good <laughs> lunches for almost for free at cost price to just everything you know V festivals all these these things that were part of a group 
that made me realise why he was the type of boss you wanted to work for. So that's kind of the mentality that I've been here around um, being a really good boss and trying to really put things in front of your staff, you know, you, you know training and you know, snow trips, and, you know, just upskilling of things and just always like gym memberships that I, you know, part of the, if you work here, you get a gym membership because I'm a big believer of that incentive of healthy body, healthy mind. I mean, the same yeah. things that Richard Branson did back in the day. So what have you seen as the major developments through the time of working, I guess, and coming back to Australia around this digital space? Because uh, right now, I guess, digital means a lot of different things to a lot it of does. different people. So, you know, how have you sort of seen the progress over the years from that? Well, we've watched a lot of digital agencies come and go, and we sort of continued 360 South as a traditional agency doing all the things that you would expect, you know, graphic design, web design, programming, photography, video, animation, and we still do that. But what we, what I could see about eight years ago was a trend coming through, which was around uh, AR, VR, um, and even holographic displays. And so what we did was we started another entity, uh, a sister company called 360 Activate, where we put that so those services in there. And um, I can see that sort of emerging, and we've uh, we've been ever since then tackling those type of projects for a number of big organisations and. Uh, we've played in that space, and so it's and it's really exciting. It's sort of your bread and butter type of agency work that we love to do, but then we've got the exciting AR and VR and holographic sort of work that we do that's really uh, taking it to the next level. I, I remember coming to see it, and we chucked the uh, goggles on Tony and watched him play around for a little while. So that made my day, and I was just happy to see him do that. Yeah, and you know the reality around that is it, it's 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 quite you know uh, futuristic. And it probably really hasn't gone full market exposure yet in the, in the reality that I think COVID really put a nail in a lot of those techs. Uh, nobody wanted to put a, a VR headset on with, with COVID. But we're starting to see yeah. it come back and we're creating content for different clients, training simulation game games, and um, you know, now even you know sort of virtual showrooms and so forth that are really good. And uh, in our holographic area, we've been sort of a foremost expert in that space. We partnered with the, the inventors of the, the first true hologram, uh, Real Fiction, and we're one of their distributors in the, in the Asia-Pacific region. Uh, and every week we've got a, we're doing a project, an activation for, for a brand anywhere around Australia. So it's sort of kept us there, and it's and it's exciting, and the, the future's really exciting. So I, I love yeah. that, that side and of it. Boy, I, yeah, Boyana's booked for our Christmas party. Uh, we've got a dinner on, but I think we're going to play a bit of a gun game against each other. So the entire team's going off to verse each other in VR. So uh, I'll, I'll let you know how that one goes. Yeah, I know where you're going. And, and uh, yeah, we did that. We shot zombies about six years ago. Yeah, that's what we're doing. That. Yeah, 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 love it. Zero latency or something, I think they're called. Uh, I think, yeah. I think it's that as well. So I'm definitely looking to check. So what have you found as the challenges of being at that entrepreneur? You know, Tony always talks about it's a lonely world as an entrepreneur. You know, you're coming from long hours, you're coming home, there's stressful days. Um, you know, you've got a lovely wife who, you know, who now works within the business. But how have you found that process of being an entrepreneur? Um, there's the love and the hate. Yeah. So as an entrepreneur, I, I'm, I love it. I love being my own boss. I love the passion. I, I enjoy what I do and I enjoy the industry I work in. So to me, this is like a game. I love it. I love coming to work every day. So that drive has kept me going. Um, yes, it's hard being at the top. It's, it's, it is lonely at times. Um, I think it was about surrounding myself with a really good team of people that I can lean on um, and having some, you know, r- really good people that are uh, entrepreneurial people that I surround myself with um, and bounce off. Um, yeah, that's the, been the trick for me. A couple of mentors are in there as well that I've uh, I've lent on over the years, and have been really valuable to me. 
um, helps me sort of bounce any ideas or thoughts and business challenges. But um, it's been hard. But if it was easy, everyone would be doing it. Um, That's right. It's always been a model of mine. But it's uh, if it was if it was that easy, everyone would be their own boss, and it would be a different world. How are you finding? I guess with having um, a large team now, how are you finding the sort of younger generation and their ideas and thoughts um, within this space? Is there a new flavour that's coming to the industry, or are they willing to learn? Like how how are you finding sort of that change in the industry at the moment? Oh, look, I think you need the young talent coming through. As we get, we still get a little bit stale. Um, We've still got the eye for everything, but the reality is, it's the young talent that brings new ideas and fresh ideas. Um, and that's always a big thing for us. And we're in, a, we're in a really big growth period in the next sort of 12, 24 months. I think it's going to be, if anything, we'll probably double in size in both companies. Um, yeah. That's, which is good, but you need the young talent because they bring all the fresh ideas. Um, they got, they, they got the hunger that they want to, you know, show off and that they want to, um, you know, excited to work in an agency. So I love that. I've always been a believer of giving back and, helping young kids get into the industry, whether it's an internship right through to just giving them a chance, even right through down to school, and school's looking for kids to do work experience. I, yeah. uh, I felt like I got given that that opportunity in London. When I went, when I went to v, V2 Records, I sort of, if no one had given me a leg up, I probably wouldn't have been where I am today. So I'm a big believer of giving back. Yeah, I, I, I'm the same, and I think, you know, when I look at our staff, um, you know, we, we sort of have a younger demographic and, and you know, they are bringing fresh ideas all the time and they see things in a different way. And, and by having that, you can become a different, you know, you can challenge different businesses because, you know, it's not just the same people sitting up the top saying everything that needs to go on. Um, you know, if they can challenge ideas, you can really shape a different business. And especially in, you know, we all need to find what makes us different in, in today's age. Um, you know, I think, especially in your industry, like, you know, everything's changing every single day. We talk about AI now, like, you know, that's become a hot topic. Yeah. There was blockchain, you know, six to 12 months ago. You know, things are continuously changing. How do you keep up with all those changes? Is it, is it just reading? Is it just playing yeah, around? Exactly right. I, lo- I love immersing myself in these new technologies. So what I do is I, lo- I love listening to podcasts. And yep. you know, just finding all the right people to listen to and um, and see what they're thinking and just keep myself on top of it that way. And then I bring it back through the team. But the team are also pushing back up, so they're they're sort of you know sort of saying what do you think of this, what do you think of that, and you know we will identify it. But it's really surrounding yourself with a fantastic team, which I've got. Um, they are my rock, you know. Yeah. Um, they've helped me sort of as a entrepreneurial person with a, once a bit of a control freak about letting go. Letting go and letting people trusting in your team and letting them do their job and do their job properly and and I think that's been a big thing for me. I've learned that a well, you know, really learned. When, just like, when, just when was that time? Ago. Yeah, when was that time and that pivot for you? Because you know we always laugh, uh, or not laugh, but you know when sort of you know staff take that next step up, um, we always say it's actually hard letting go of your existing work. Um, everyone thinks they're going to sort of come into management and, and sort of start handling all the work and you kick back and relax. But I think the mindset of when you actually get there is, oh, I don't want you to stuff it up for me or and you, you continue to take on more work in that regard. How was your mindset shift then if, if that was hard for you? Yeah, I think the real pivoting moment for me was when my 2IC, uh, Robin, she, she sort of really helped train me and teach me that, it's okay to let go, trust others, put key people in, into place, you know, manage people in, manage people out. Um, so that's probably, I think she's been with me for about six years. I said she was once a client. Uh, I used to work yep. at Circus Oz and, and there's still a client, but I poached her from Circus Oz. Um, she was their marketing, head of marketing. So she's been great. She's been my, my rock in the business. 
Um, but also my wife. My wife's helped me identify that. And being a dad, it's helped me identify yeah. that. You know, it's just things you've got to learn to let go and just trust. So, so let's, let's touch on being a dad, um, because I know you're heavily involved with your girl. You're a girl dad. Uh, girl dad, three daughters. Yeah, but you're heavily involved in their sport and everything that they do. Um, and that's something we, you know, when we're always talking about, it's, it's a bit of a passion of yours around coaching. And, you know, has it always been a passion to coach or once you sort of had the girls, you just wanted to be involved? Yeah, look, I love sport. Um, I love, I've always loved sport and played sport myself, footy and basketball and so forth. And, and so for me, um, and had like other sort of, you know, hobbies like surfing and scuba diving and snowboarding and so forth. So I, I love my, uh, my action. And, my, and I love sport. So when I had three daughters, I uh, made sure that I just got around them and exposed them to the sports that I like. And if they liked them, it was great. And so I'm fortunate enough to be coaching uh, basketball and football for many years now, and I, I love it. It's absolutely yeah. something that I gravitate towards. I love being part of community, part of a basketball or a football club. Um, I love sort of working with kids and getting sort of that, you know, watching them grow and so forth. Um, I sort of worked out a long time ago my purpose in life was that I bring people together and I get the best out of people and I know I'm good at that. So I sort of focus on that and really sort of enjoy it. It's one of my key passions. Um, as I get older, I, I realise how much I enjoy it more and more. Yeah, nice. I, I, I think coaching something that I definitely want to get into when I'm older and I think I'll be a different coach to how I was on the, uh, on the field. So Same. I think I'm a bit too white line and I reckon I'll be a bit more relaxed when I'm actually not playing the game. Um, because yeah, I'd, I'd hate to think what I was like if I was the same as being a player. Well, I white line fever as well. Um, and sometimes <laughs> yeah. coach, I need to, I'm, I'm, I'm very loud. I've got that a very loud Singing voice. And so it's the, it's the Italian in me. And sometimes I'm, I think people, I know, I know that people think I'm so loud that they're a little bit scared. Other, other teams get scared and think I'm being, I'm aggressive. <laughs> but um, I've reassured them that I'm not aggressive, I'm just loud. I'm just dashing. Uh, I'm not yelling at my girls, I'm just yelling to give them direction. Uh, but yeah, they can hear it across the other side of the oval. Love it. You're talking about the growth, mate. What's the future? Um, I guess for people listening to this and we're talking about technology and we're talking about sort of digital agency, what's, what do you see as the future and what do you see as the benefits of that digital agency? You know, there's a lot of business owners that listen to this and, and you know, some are at the forefront of it and, and others are sort of, you know, always thought, why do I need to go down this path and, and spend money? You know, what's that value and, and what do you see coming up? Yeah, look, being an owner of digital agency, I think we sort of come across all industries and, and something at 360 Seth is we don't, we don't pigeon hold ourselves to be just within one industry. We work across a lot and then we don't just discriminate, we work with anyone. But the reality is we sort of pick and choose the type of clients because we've found a really good niche in, in where we sit. So that sort of middle to large sort of, you know, companies in, in across Australia and Asia Pacific. I think where we're sitting and, and some of the technology we're sitting in is really helping us, uh, we can sort of see it coming, that AR, VR are really starting to push and the you know, activations into the holographic area is also, they're really, it's sort of kicking back off in a big way. So we're going to continue keeping our eye there. LMSs and training simulation and so forth is a, is a key thing that we do and so we're growing that part of it and uh, we seem to have a lot of clients wanting training. So LMS is a big thing, so that learning management, yeah, and training and training, training, training in a new way as well. Not just training by reading an article, training in a new and, and, and imaginative way. Engaging content that people want to learn in. No one wants to sit there and just read. They want to watch a yep. video, watch an animation, use a bit of augmented reality, a bit, a bit of virtual reality. There's where we want to sit. That's a key part of where we want to sit, um, and it's exciting. But AI is coming, and in a big way, and it, 
we're not scared of it. We're sort of adapting and using it in many different ways with clients and projects. Um, I, I still think it's a, it's a fantastic tool to use, and we're advising clients. It's, you know, it's a great first draft to, to use, and you know, it's, it's good to use to maybe shortcut to help create a component. But I'm a big believer that you still need to know the fundamentals of how to build it. You need to know how to plug it in, and you need to know where to stop. Um, so I, I couldn't agree more. Yeah, we're, we're an agency that likes to sort of run with it, but don't let it take over and become complacent. And I think people can spend too many, too too much money trying to chase that dream of this AI. Because I was at a lunch the other day that was was centered around a conversation of this, and you know, a lot of the time people are seeking an answer that just may be a structured way of you know an automated sort of, you know, process instead of trying to, you know, use the word of AI and, and people are going to certain agencies and saying, look, I want this to be AI and, and there's people out there that are going to charge them for it knowing full well that they're not actually implementing what they want. Um, and, I, and I've seen people get ridiculous quotes and they're like, you know, how good is this system going to be? And I'm like, it's already been built out there. Just go and start using it and use it as a plug-in. Um, right. Why are you trying to reinvent the wheel? That's right, yeah. So understanding that. Is, is, a, is a key part of advising on it. So um, so we, we advise a lot, a lot of clients. Uh, you know, we'll use it when we can. I'm not afraid. I think you get to adapt. And we'll be using it across, you know, chatbots. And, you know, there's, there's types of sort of components within our LMSs, smart learning and you know, so, so forth, which leads on to, I suppose, one of our other ventures that we're working with. And I suppose yeah, we start... Yeah, so... Last, last week's get, last week's get, um, John. So you know, I was going to quickly touch on that. You actually, you're a co-founder with John, and and he did mention that through the podcast that you know that's how you guys met was was using your services and and sort of you know then the business concepts started because of how well you produced that work in the background. So you know, we'll uh, we'll shoot all your links as part of this, mate, and, and and get it out to our clients because I really do think you know the work that you do is amazing. I've seen it. Um, you know, I've come in there and I've tried to grab that holographic beer that you have there. Um, I've seen Tony use the VR, but I've also seen the amazing work that you've done with clients around that digital space. So I really appreciate your time today, Bill, um, and, and I look forward to our next chat. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Um, like I said, I really love what you're doing. Keep it up. It's great. And I uh, look forward to listening to more podcasts. Cheers. Thanks, mate. Coffin Bond Podcast is a product from Coffin Bond & Co, which we are an authorised representative of Cairn Financial. All information in this podcast is for education and entertainment purposes only. It is not intended as a substitute for professional finance, legal or tax advice. The hosts of the Coffin Bond Podcast are not aware of your personal financial circumstances. Before making any financial decision, you should read the product disclosure statement and if necessary, consult a licensed financial professional. Do not take financial advice from the podcast. For more information, head to the disclaimer page on the Coffin Bond website, or you can find resources on the ASIC website and find a registered financial professional near you. In the spirit of reconciliation, Coffin Bond and Co. and the hosts of the Coffin Bond podcast acknowledge the traditional custodians of the country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea, and community. We pay our respects to their elders, past, present, and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people today.